0: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of This Week in Innovation. Today, I'm going to be talking to an old friend, Ricardo Belmar, about how startups can really do a much better job at marketing in and around conferences. Ricardo, how are you doing today? Hey, Jeff. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me here. Oh, awesome. I'm really looking forward to digging into some of the secrets of, of NRF with you. And for anybody listening... The single best, every analyst that covers NRF and the retail industry as a whole would nominate Ricardo Belmar for the absolute best social media presence at every conference ever. (laughs) I have no idea how you do that. And I will personally attest to the fact that I've sat next to you at many Super Saturday sessions and I was trying to match your intensity. And about halfway through the first session, I said, forget it. I'll just re-forward Ricardo. (laughs) Yeah, That's why they have a retweet. Yeah, exactly. That was just for me. As a matter of fact, I did it so often that I got in trouble with a few people. They said, but do you do any of your own content? Well, why would I do that? Ricardo does so much better. Just ditto, ditto, ditto. Covered. Now, this year, though, I, it's Super Saturday. Apparently, I'm not going to be able to get away with my old trick, huh? Because you actually are going to be working your yeah. tail off.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Fantastic. It'll oh. be a, a very interesting Super Saturday.
0: Hey, we already ju- jumped in the interview. Let me let me back it up a little bit. Why don't you introduce yourself to anybody that might not know who you
1: are and tell us a little bit about what you're up to and what you're doing? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So, I'm Ricardo Belmar. I'm currently at uh, Microsoft. I'm the lead partner marketing advisor for retail and consumer goods at Microsoft US, which is a really nice, long, wordy way of saying that I get to work with a lot of great Microsoft partners and their technology and help them go to market in the retail industry. And then prior to that, I worked with a few other technology companies, managed services provider, some software companies that had what I would say some pretty niche technologies that retailers could use And that's really where I developed a lot of practices and what I consider my ideal tips around how to really maximize these kinds of conferences, When particularly when you're either one of the smaller guys and you're not one of those big guys, you don't have a Microsoft size, and you wonder, well, how am I going to compete with all of those guys? And you have to find some clever tactics to to make yourself known and to be successful. So I've dealt with shows like an NRF and approached them from both the big giant booths approach to the small to mid-sized booth to the no booth approach where you're just guerrilla tactic kind of approaching the the conference that way.
0: Well, I remember a bunch of those years where, where you're doing that. Um, and that's probably probably more important to the audience is your guerrilla approach because uh, most startups really don't have a, a big budget. When you were doing that in the earlier yeah. part of your career, at least your part where, where I got to know you, you really didn't have much of a, other than the booth, uh, you didn't really have a lot mm-hmm. of spend, I don't think, around NRF for the most part. So you were doing all that interaction basically free your time your time of course was highly valuable but mm-hmm. that was all done just using tools that every startup has access
1: yeah so when i first started doing this right when we first met right we had I had a booth then but you're right ben mostly went into the booth at the time and you know what i would tell any startups listening i have two super important tips for you around your NRF strategy. And the first one is that your battle to basically to win at NRF has already started, whether you realize it or not. We're, when we're recording this now, it's what, it's close to mid November. If you haven't already started, you're late. And that's a fact, because the way you want to think of NRF is the same way a retailer thinks of their consumer relationship, right? There's a pre-purchase phase to that relationship. There's a purchase phase, and then there's a post-purchase phase. So the two first tips I give everybody is think of NRF as substitute the word purchase with NRF and what your pre-NRF plan is, that's number one. That's the most important thing is what are you doing to get attention now to get people interested in what you're going to do when you get there? Because if you wait until you're there, it's too late. And the main reason for that is that I would claim, let's say 90, 95% of those attendees that you want to meet with, they don't show up at NRF thinking, I'm just going to wander around the aisles and see what catches my eye and what's interesting. Now, 90, 95% of them, they've totally mapped out their schedule in advance. They've got predefined meetings and they're on a path when they're walking the show floor. They might stop and see something occasionally, but that's probably 5 to 10% of their time, which immediately means you're fighting for a lot smaller portion of that attention. So that pre-NRF plan, that's your number one thing you got to deal with. And then the number two is that post-NRF plan because... Let's say you get that ideal customer that you're looking for to spend time with you at NRF. You've got, a, you've got a booth, maybe you have a demo in it of your solution, and you feel like you had a fantastic meeting with that big retail brand, and you're really hopeful now coming out of the show you're going to get a, a wonderful follow-up session with that. Well, here's the thing. with That retailer had 100 other sessions exactly like you while they were at NRF, and the odds of them remembering you just based on your meeting are pretty slim. Because you're competing against those 99 other meetings they had, and odds are good that a big chunk of those meetings were with those guys with the big 80 by 80 foot booths that are there, who probably inundated them with 20 different things they had to show. So the memory capacity You're you're describing your own booth, just so you know. You're literally describing the Microsoft booth. No, but that's why I I can say this to the startup, right? Because if I look at what are we doing, if I can say, if you come to the Microsoft booth, you're going to have a pretty extensive experience there's a reason why we have a lot of space we're showing a lot of things there and if you're a startup you obviously have one thing to show and you're going to view that as a a super interesting earth-shattering industry changing thing but to the retailer you're showing it to it's one of a hundred things they're looking at so your post nrf strategy is just as important as that pre-nrf strategy because if you're not following up with them and reminding them of what they saw and and why they saw it you're not going to get any kind of meaningful follow-up from them
0: yeah, really interesting point. What was your split of your booth time between influencers versus maybe retailers stopping by? Is there a consistent percentage, do you think? or
1: I would say varies based on where your business is, right? So if you're a young startup, and let's say you, you, maybe you have that, that your, your customer zero and you're leveraging that right to get the next set of customers, you don't want to underestimate the value of the non-retailers you could meet at NRF whether it's influencers, whether it's analysts or media. And I think you want to treat all three of those groups as three distinct groups, and you want to be targeting them to get them to know what your solution is and why you think it's so different and differentiated from what's already out there. I think I, I look at it this way, when I, and I've, t- I said this, I've said this to many, uh, a startup and young retail tech company, and when I was with one of these small companies where we didn't have a boot, this was part of our strategy, is that we say, if we get... If maybe a third of our meetings are retailers, we'll call that a win. The other two-thirds, we want to distribute amongst analysts, media, and influencers. Wow, that high, huh? Wow. It, yeah, yeah. And now, it, again, it, it really depends on where you are in your go-to-market strategy. If, you know, where I was at in that scenario, we were a, a French software company that was potentially unknown. In North America, we had very little marketing budget in the sense that we were not spending huge amounts of money on on Google display ad network to try to get tons and tons of digital marketing out there. We had to be very precise in our tactics and who we were going after. So we leveraged events like this. We knew who that customer profile was. We wanted to target. We did spend in the pre-NRF, right? We did spend some money on that digital marketing. We leveraged social media to get the attention of some very targeted brands we wanted to meet with. And how did we get in? Well, we worked with influencers too to try to get an extra helping hand, right? To get that meeting at the show. And in the years when we didn't have a booth, what did we do? Well, we had our meeting at Starbucks at the Javits. And so we sat down, had a coffee with the retailer and we talked about what they're doing and what we had to offer. And we went from there. Same scenario with analysts. We had, there was one year, I think I had 30 analyst meetings uh, all at Starbucks. Wow. at Different schedule points. But the same thing with media. So I, you want the media It's a good opportunity to seek out earned media, right? So most media groups, right, want you to spend money with them to promote yourself. But what you as the startup brand, what you really want is earned media. You want them to have a reason to talk about you. So a lot of that depends on where you are again. So if you have, let's say, that customer zero and you can talk about it, right, you can make it public information, that's probably going to be meaningful if you present it the right way to the media to talk about what that customer's accomplished, with your technology. And the key there is, what did they accomplish? It's not your technology, it's what the retailer accomplished with your technology that matters. That's the marketing message you got to get out there. Yeah.
0: And a couple of really big points there too. As an analyst, I could care less if I'm meeting in the top of the Microsoft tower or if I'm in Starbucks. The only concern I have if I'm getting scheduled or somebody's asking me to meet at Starbucks is, one, how do I even find you? That that Because that's a yeah. bit of a mess. So yeah. you want to have a defined table or space or whatever. I've done stand-up meetings. But two, I'm... Listen, I'm fine. I'm fine meeting wherever. I There are major, major tech providers in this industry that I've met down in the cafeteria of NR, NRF because they just don't have a booth or they've chosen not to. They're either off-site or they're doing other things. So from a startup perspective, no apologies whatsoever. What in do whatever you need to do, but just make it easy for the influencer to find yourself to that place. Now, Ricardo, before a startup or when you were in a, in your, with the previous company where you weren't really all that well known, how did you hunt down the influencers or the brands ahead of time? Did you just mm-hmm. hunt them down on Twitter and just try to tweet at them or what, what was that strategy? What did that look like?
1: Yeah, it was a combination of Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever those influencers are. You And this is why I said the pre-NRF strategy is so important, right? So it's you, you can safely assume all of those influencers are going to be there. They're already starting to talk about trends. They're already starting to talk about retailers, different technologies they think are interesting leading up to NRF. So if you make yourself a list of which influencers talk about things that relate to your solution, you need to start engaging with them now. So if you see them post on LinkedIn, A, you better be following them, right? Okay, let's stop right there. Let's Let's stop right there.
0: Let's stop right there. Let's make sure people understand exactly what we're talking about. I have 6,000 plus followers on Twitter. I pay attention to every single new person that follows me because it's taken me what? I think I've been on Twitter since, what, 2008. So it's taken me all that time to build up 6,000. But one new person starts following me. Oh, who are they? I go look at their their mm-hmm. little. I won't necessarily do a deep dive, but I'll at least see who they are. If you're, You'll at if least you're, check out their profile. Exactly. Which means then make sure that profile's right. That you you've maxed that out. It's probably a separate conversation. But you should, as a startup, you should know every single influencer that could help you or hurt you. And I think you can do that very straightforwardly. And you absolutely need to be following them. And I don't know, Ricardo, do you ever do like lists, like thought retail thought leaders or something and tag those people up into the list on Twitter? Because that's a cheap trick, too, because that list shows up that you've been added to this. It's so it it it's is a fun so, so trick. Yeah, so
1: yeah, you can do that because and you do want to find these little things that alert someone to your presence in a subtle kind of way, right? Because at the same time, you don't want to be so in their face that you're distracting them in a way, right? so your your goal here is to subtly get their attention so they know you exist, and then build that up over time leading up to NRF. Because you're really building a muscle memory in a sense, right? If You can't expect that if you tag an influencer the week before NRF when you, because you're announcing a new customer win, that they're going to even pay attention to that because, again, it's the week before NRF. So they probably are th- thinking about their own plans. If you know you're going to announce that the week before NRF, then you should be thinking in your marketing plan, what are you doing to lead up to that where you can either... Tease a little bit that something's coming, hint at it. but talking about your journey as a, as a tech startup, a new brand, and what kinds of customers you're doing, what problems you're solving. But at the same time, you need to, like you said, you need to have that list. You need to know who are the influencers that talk about things that relate to you that can either help or hurt depending on the relationship you establish with them. And you need to start engaging with them. Most influencers will engage with pretty much everybody who engages with them because that's the name of the game on social to, is to build up that network effect of more engagement. So know where they are on Twitter, know where they are on LinkedIn, follow them, look for what they're posting. Uh, and that doesn't, by the way, mean just if you see them post something, it's relevant to you, you click a like button. That's great, but especially on LinkedIn, you want to comment, you want to add a comment. Um, and, and the key thing there for a startup is you most likely, I'll, I'll assume for, for sake of argument that as a startup, you've got a branded page on LinkedIn and Twitter for the company, but then your founder is also there. Right, And your, or your founding team is also present. And as individual profiles on both platforms, I'm not just saying that your brand needs to follow the influencer. Those individuals need to follow the influencer and 100%. comment on what they say. 100%. Because yep, influencers see a brand and say, oh, that's great, there's a brand following me. Okay, I must have said something they, important they liked. But when you see individuals following, you're more curious to say, oh, well, who is this person? Why are they following me? What, what can I find out about them? And just like your example, Jeff, where somebody decides to follow you at least check out their profile Guaranteed. and see what you can glean from that, right? So, and so you need those individual leaders in your business to be the ones doing that engagement with the influencers. Because then when it comes close enough to NRF and you want to try to get a meeting with them about something, you need to have a good hook for them to say why they should talk to you. And it's not likely to just be, I have this cool new technology. Because everybody's telling them yeah, that. Exactly. So you're not going to stand out, right? You've got to say something different. Yeah. Please don't say you're the leading provider of anything. That's, that's just, <laughs> yeah. because if you
0: do yeah. it with me, well, I'm going to start you're laughing. You're going to totally disrupt this exactly. segment of the industry exactly. like no one has before. And then we get into that whole pigeonhole question that i become famous for. I want to pigeonhole you as a startup. And by the way, as late as yesterday, I still, I'm still having this conversation. You got to know where you sit or at least where you want to sit. And yeah. if you don't understand what that means from an analyst perspective is, we all have our patches. When I was at Gardner and, and today, even at Third Eye, I worry about the entire retail sector landscape. So every vendor that walks on the floor of NRF is somebody that I, in theory, I should be paying attention to. Most analysts aren't that crazy. They have their supply chain experts or their merchandising or emerging technologies or metaverse or whatever. So you, and that's probably something else you want to understand too, by look hopefully looking at their LinkedIn profile, where do they sit? So if somebody says, I am a supply chain expert, probably don't Go overboard with, hey, I'm a metaverse company. It might not fit. Might. Right. Now, I'm not saying don't, but just understand. <laughs> right. And or if somebody's a generalist like myself, then don't expect me to be an expert in some extreme minutiae minutia point about your technology, because I have to worry about the entire landscape. And so that's the due diligence. Hopefully, you can get from their LinkedIn profiles. And Twitter, and I'm not talking about a ten hour research project. I'm really think I'm talking about maybe three or four minutes max. So the list of yeah. who, who's gonna who's gonna be engaged in the show or just in the industry and then what they are and do are they relevant to what I'm gonna do? Which then goes back to the point I would make also is understand the buzzwords that are associated with what you as a startup are doing, because the analyst community, not the best way of saying it, but we're attached to buzzwords. And so similar to what patch they cover. And so uh, understand that. And I think you get that from what their, what their Twitter or their LinkedIn engagement is. And so absolutely follow them. And I don't think I've ever really, I don't think I've ever turned down an offer to connect on LinkedIn unless I thought it was really super spammy. There was one person, I yeah. don't say who, but it, he had 25,000 follows and it looked like he was just in the business of trying to get follows and I I don't need spam because I'm actually now using LinkedIn a lot more than I did even back in my gardener days because it's such a rich, a really rich, vibrant area of getting information and insights on. Definitely be using that. If you're not, if you're a startup and you're not, I don't know, an hour or two a a week, maybe more, if you're not engaged in that, that's probably a problem for sure. That's a missed opportunity. You definitely need to be
1: present. Missed opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. What about jumping conference hashtags? Oh, I know how you stand on that, but let me hear hear (laughs) your thoughts on that. Yeah, so the reality of it is, right, every conference, and I have no exception, right, has a conference hashtag. There might even be more than one. You need to know what those are. And leading up to the show, anything that you, any message you want to get across to that target audience because you're going to be at the show, you better be using that hashtag. That's why it's there. So let's be real about it, right? The conference folks, they want people using the hashtag because every conference wants to be known across the industry, Now, obviously, NRF is already known across the industry, but they want to see that people on social are engaging with conversations about the conference. You see this, right? So if you look at the NRF hashtag in the weeks leading up to the show, you'll see a lot of vendor traffic, right? There'll be lots of technology providers where the branded accounts are tweeting and posting about whatever they're going to be doing at the show, inviting retailers to come and see what the latest and greatest is. And they're using that hashtag. You should be doing the same thing. And like we mentioned before, your founders, your leadership team should be on these platforms also posting about what your expectations are, what you're hoping to accomplish at the show, why people should meet with you. And then there's during the show. Uh, so during the show, and Jeff knows this, so, you know, I, I take a very specific approach usually during the show, uh, and you want to make your way or find time to make your way to sessions that are interesting and relevant from a topic point of view to what your message is. You need to attend those sessions and you want to be live tweeting about what's being presented at those sessions using that conference hashtag. You will find that both people who are at the show and maybe equally importantly, people who didn't make it to the show, they are watching the conference hashtag. They're using that as a way to rely on how to get the knowledge of, especially if I can't make it to the show, if I want to know what's being sent there, I'm going to follow that hashtag on Twitter and LinkedIn to see what's being talked about. If I'm at the show... And there's lots of things going on. NRF is a huge, massive event. You can't see everything. So you're going to rely on that hashtag to tickle your memory on what did I not get to see? What do I want to remember? And do I need to make a note of them that I want to catch later? And it also builds your own brand value. So if you're a startup and you want to be known on a very specific topic during NRF, if there's anything happening at NRF, any sessions covering that topic, you should be tweeting about it during the session. You should be highlighting what the people on stage are saying. And you should be talking about it because you're, what will happen is people will associate you with that topic post center up. Yeah, huge point. I will absolutely tell you without a
0: doubt analysts, influencers look at that hashtag a lot. Probably, I would say, I've, but before the show, 100%, I'm absolutely looking at that, seeing what's going on. Perfectly appropriate for vendors to pitch out. The only thing I would ask is, Don't spam the thing. Do not say, "Hey, if you retweet this under the hashtag, you win a thousand bucks." When you know exactly, probably the story (laughs) I'm referring to, where they just completely destroyed that the value of that hashtag for one whole conference. Don't do that because that's bad. We are all paying attention, and when I'm not at a conference, I'm absolutely paying more attention to the hashtag. I'm not sitting there studying all day long, but the feed's open. I'm following it. I want to see like quotes, like. Because you've always been really good about like grabbing like a piffy little quote. Because that man, I, I save those. I so oh, follow up on that or or tweet back. Hey, was that a good session? Should, is this somebody I should follow or whatever? hugely important. Yeah, yeah. It's a chunk of time, but man, I you mean, th- the cost to do that is zero. The time value is significant, but yeah. highly valuable. Yeah. Very important. I don't know that I really saw as much Twitter traffic coming out of the Innovation Lab last year as I would have liked to. Very busy down there because I won't call out who, but uh, some of the big vendors weren't at the show last year. The Innovation (laughs) Lab was (laughs) poppy. Let's just say it was poppy. But boy, get some of that content out because we're always looking. Everyone's looking, looking, hey, what's the big thing? Hey, I saw these three things that were really interesting. That's legit research. It's legitly valued by the influencer community and we
1: pay attention to that. So
0: yeah. Easy and, and the
1: other thing you'll see, the other thing you'll see too is you, when you're at the show, right, and you pay attention to what are, are those influencers that you've been tracking, what are they doing? Well, one, they're doing what we just talked about. A lot of them will be live tweeting what's going on at the show. A number of them will probably be live streaming from the show. Many of them will actually have sponsored engagements with other technology providers at the show to do those live streams. So, one potential strategy, and this is obviously a, a budget dependent thing. But if you think there's a particular influencer that really speaks to what your solution does for the retailer, you might want to consider some sort of engagement with them during NRF. And again, it's you. Know, we're recording this mid-November. It may already be too late if you haven't thought about that because these plans get made early. But it's something you want to keep in mind, whether it's this NRF or other conferences. What can you do with an influencer to leverage their audience and to your advantage so that you can get your message out. And sometimes all that means is you're putting your logo on what they're doing. And that means that they're mentioning your company name whenever they go live on that live stream or whenever they're posting new content. And sometimes it means they're actually talking to you. So maybe part of that engagement is you get your founder on a live stream with them to tell your story. Or maybe the influencer is doing something where they're catching other attendees at the show and talking about what they're finding at the show. So it's more of a trends discussion. But again, you've got your logo associated with it. So there's a little bit of a memory muscle being yeah. developed there. So you, those are some of the things you want to consider with the influencers. Yeah, good stuff. Really good
0: stuff. Hey,
1: what are your thoughts about evening activities? So I, I would argue for many startups that the biggest bang for your buck during NRF is going to be all of the ancillary kinds of activities you do during NRF week. That happen outside of the conference center. So evening activities are the big ones, right? The the biggest things happen in those evenings. But there are also other activities that may happen during the day. And and there are also breakfast, lunch type activities. So let's walk through those. So evening evening activities. Monday night at NRF is like the most competitive night. Um, Every major brand that has a presence at NRF is likely doing some kind of big party or big events on Monday night. So if you're a startup, you're not going to compete with those. So you just need to realize right off the bat, you don't want to compete with those big brands that are doing these big, super expensive events. What you do want to consider though, is are there other events that you can attach yourself to a- as some sort of a sponsor? Because that gets you access to networking with the other attendees who are there. So for example, so Jeff, you and I have been talking about one, one new Monday night event. This NRF is the Rethink Retail Influencer Bash. I happen to think that's going to be a really, really exciting event. It's new this year. There are likely to be other Monday night events, but that's what I'm focusing my attention on because I think that's going to be unique. If you pull all the way back right to the start of NRF, you've got starting the Friday night before. So now we're like two days before the expo floor opens. There's already events happening at NRF that you want to know about. So Friday night, you've got the vendors in partnership awards. And that's something that if you're not watching as a startup, you want to be paying attention even for subsequent years, because that could be a venue for you to kind of highlight the magic that you are providing to your customers in a friendly environment and a good, solidly well promoted. And just a point about that too. Well, first of all, Ricardo and I are competing. We're going head to head on
0: a very major award <laughs> on that one. For Ricardo has done far more for the industry than I have. But the point I <laughs> like about that event for startups is one, it is a very nice, beautiful environment. And it's also the perfect networking area where there's plenty of room to work. Most of the other events can get pretty crowded. And if you're a startup and you want to have a chance, and by the way, a lot of influence will be there. It's a great party. For sure. And some are comp, some are coming in different things. So that's a party to really consider and think about for a startup. You can get in there, you can get in there at a reasonable price and you can make an influence. So that's by the way, Ricardo, I used to come to NRF on Sunday. Now I'm coming on now Thursday. You're coming days earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Thursday. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's because it's, I don't know about you, but my NRF starts Friday morning at B and H photo. That's always that's <laughs> a given and so yeah, yeah
1: no 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 doubt about so it,
0: there yeah. and that now now in full interrupt mode friday night what else do you have going what else do you think is important on
1: uh, yeah so another one so on on saturday there's the super saturday event that, that retail roi hosts every year and for startups who don't know what retail roi is i my my short description of that is it's an amazing charity organization that's funded and run by the industry to help children in need all around the world but we work with some other charities that just do some amazing work. That Super Saturday event is a fundraising event for Retail ROI. So as a startup, you could have an opportunity to be one of those sponsors for that event. And there are lots of different cost, cost tiers for sponsorship there. The, uh, I think the value for a startup at that event is, A, it, it's It runs most of the day on Saturdays. So roughly, let's say, from 8 in the morning to maybe 2 or 3 in the afternoon. It varies from year to year. But it's a very relaxed, low-key event. It's on the weekend. Retailers that are there are there to support the charities. So it's a good time to be able to connect with that audience in an environment that's already understood to not be very promotional. Because it's very different from being on the show floor where every retailer wants to cover up their badge and hide the fact that they're a retailer because every vendor wants to pull them into their booth every time they see them. At at this event, there's no such concern because everybody's there for a common cause. So if that's an event that as a startup you can get into, I I highly recommend. I think maybe the one thing to consider is when you go to that event, you're not just going to show up, right? You, You need There's a strategy there too, right? You are there to meet retailers that are there, strike up conversation with them, listen to the retailers that are there, what are their challenges, what can you learn from them, and then also happen to mention what it is that you provide sure. to retailers and how that might help them. And again, in a very low key, low risk. Yeah, for sure. And that's another event highly attended by influencers. Obviously,
0: uh, the whole entire exactly. I- IHL team's there. Since Craig's driving that, the new third eye guy will be there, which would be me. And I think re- Rethink Retail's there in a big way and, and probably Rethink a lot of places there as well is so Yeah, there are um, actually
1: multiple media groups that cover that. There's at least three different media groups that are represented there maybe four that'll be at that event. So you also have the opportunity to cut to casually strike up conversation with the journalists from those media groups. And have a punch list and go through and be very
0: systematic and just try to make a connection. Don't, in that kind of environment, Ricardo, you'd probably agree, don't do whole pitch deck but make a connection. Yeah. Hey, I saw a couple of tweets you said, really interesting. I'm, I'm a startup doing this. Can we connect mm-hmm. afterwards? Can I get your card? Yeah. And whatever. Now, gosh, yeah. I've got everything. I've got a dot thing that, that people can scan, a QR code, all that stuff. So grab yeah. that, get into it, but just make that <laughs> connection. And then yeah. your point of post ref, follow up. Hey, saw, yes. you this, saw you at the Super Saturday party or event. Can, we, can I get on your calendar? And I yeah. almost guarantee you If you've made a connection at Super Saturday, you're going to get that secondary call or follow-up. Yeah,
1: I can even, I can attest to that. I've been to, I think I've lost track, maybe seven Super Saturdays. And going as far back as to the first one, I would tell you that the retailers that I've connected with at Super Saturday are probably the retailers that I talk to the most even today. On a regular basis, right, we've gotten to know each other really well. We don't hesitate to either call each other up or message each other online to talk about just about anything at this point because we have that common history. So I 100% agree with you. The uh, Each year, any new retailers I've met there, I always get get good follow-up with them because of that event. And this
0: year, is there a particular a vendor that's basically hosting Super Saturday?
1: <laughs> so thanks for teeing that up, Jeff. Happy, oh. to, happy to say that Microsoft is hosting that event this year at our Times Square office, I have the pleasure of, of being asked to em- MC the day, keep things moving along for us from presenter to presenter. So I'm, I hope to see many retailers there at, that day okay. at the event. So I have a major
0: issue with that because you are my number one source of content for Super Saturday. <laughs> so then you'll actually be working the whole day as opposed to sitting there right. tweeting out. So That's I've right. actually, yeah. I won't so just now be I have to get to, get to work. Yeah. And Microsoft That's is what, right. charging the industry a fortune to to attend that show. I had host that show very expensive. You're charging the industry or are you donating that
1: space? We're just donating this space. Uh, so there's no cost wow. to retail ROI for using our space. So, so it's the thing, everything that retail ROI stands for is we like to say, I'll, I'll give you my quick background here. It's core to, to what Microsoft does. We do a lot of giving at, at Microsoft. We have an annual give event that runs every October where we actually schedule these sort of, um, micro events throughout the month with all the different charities that we work with. And we do fundraising events for them through Microsoft employees. So each year we raise millions and millions of dollars that way for charities. So it's uh, an absolute pleasure for us to just be able to host this event. And
0: that saves ROI tens of thousands of dollars. And we've been we have very... To pay for a venue. They don't have to pay for catering. We're very fortunate to have various vendors over the years and that I've been to that Times Square location. It just couldn't be more perfect for what we're up to. That's that's so awesome. So that's Saturday. Any thoughts on Sunday?
1: So Sunday is interesting because there are a lot of different things you can do. The most well-known Sunday event is Kathy Hotka's Retail Insiders. That's Sunday evening. For a startup, I I, I think I would look at that as it depends really on where you are in your journey. If you're a really early startup, it might be a little bit too costly for you to get in there and be noticed because getting in is one thing, but you also need to still need to be noticed. It's like being at a, at another show, right? So you have to think about that. But that's one option and it's another really well attended and well known event during NRF. A lot of other things happen on Sundays. Uh, I've done store tours, for example, on Mondays, and and I say store tours, but NRF does their own. I'm not talking about those because those I think are reserved only for retailers I don't think you can sponsor yeah. those as a vendor, but there are third party groups and I've worked with a few of them that coordinate their own store tours with you as a sponsor. You can either be an exclusive sponsor or you can be one of many sponsors in those events. And the format's pretty, pretty standard. You might visit three or four locations within a few hours, window typically from late afternoon to early evening. Most of these places, in fact, I'm uh, planning to run one this year as well. It will end with a, some kind of reception at the end. And you, so you have like a networking opportunity or a happy hour with the attendees as well. So that's another option. I would say to start us: if your solution is very relevant to the in-store experience, that's something to consider. Partly because it might give you an opportunity, depending on which stores are on the tour, to say to some of the attendees, oh, this is a really interesting experience. We've done something very similar with another retailer. And it gives you an opening to talk about what you do very, very casually that way. Or if you're lucky enough to have your solution in a location in Manhattan that you can work with someone organizing store tours to make that one of the stops on the tour, then wow, that's a huge bonus win in that case. If your solution's not in-store based or you're e-commerce focused, or maybe you're a supply on the supply chain fulfillment side, maybe a store tour is not the best example because it doesn't carry a lot of relevance to what your solution actually does. But it's just something to consider as well. Other things that you can look at, and this maybe applies to almost any of the days, I've seen a lot of value from hosting a breakfast at NRF versus a dinner. Let's talk a little bit about that. So I would agree 100%.
0: From the analyst perspective, the last thing I want to hear about is, hey, can you come by for our dinner? And here's why. One, Mm -hmm. I'm going to get trapped for multiple hours. And this could be like the best restaurant in Manhattan. I'm going to get trapped for probably minimum of 2 hours and more importantly, I'm going to be sat next to somebody I might or might not want to spend 2 hours with. Yeah. Huge mistake unless yeah. you really know what you're doing. If you're working with clients, you know, like your own clients and they say, "Yeah, I'm really up for that. Let's go. Let's go do that." And then invite some influencers. There's value, but the value is not you. It's in the person that you have in that attendee. Um Whereas a kind of like a cocktail party or something, I can get in, mingle around, and I'm not the most outgoing person, although sometimes I think I'm more than I am. I'm not, really. But a cocktail party where I can work around, much more high value for me as an influencer and then less time commitment. But breakfast is a completely underutilized opportunity. I don't agree with you 100%. So what are some of your thoughts about doing something for a breakfast?
1: Yeah, so the interesting thing with a breakfast, you're going to have a smaller event. You're not going to do, I wouldn't say if you do a dinner, you might be thinking in your mind, oh, I can get a large enough private room at a restaurant in New York and get maybe 30 people to attend this. If you do a breakfast, you would likely want to look at something smaller. I Think a nice cap there is maybe around 15. Because what are you trying to do with the breakfast? Breakfast is much more low-key than a dinner. It's much more you're giving people time to actually eat breakfast, so you're hoping for conversation while everyone is eating. It's not presentation-focused. A lot of dinner events want to open up with a presentation or a discussion panel and then move into dinners to your point it's a whole production right so you're locking in multiple hours there a breakfast is shorter it's easier for people to get there and get out it's almost like it's oh it's on my way into the show i can attend this breakfast event so your odds of capturing the people you want i think are better that way and you can be a little bit more targeted and focused
0: yeah no i I couldn't agree more well amr used to have that that Monday morning breakfast forever, and then when Gartner acquired them, we, I did that at least one year, and I forget. I don't know if I guess it went by the wayside. Never really followed it after I left Gartner, but yeah, really think long and hard about getting a spot where you're not where you're not battling. And the other thing for some of us that that try to cover or be careful with our expenses, you know, if I'm at a breakfast, I can share a cab to, back to NRF with three or four people, so it's actually <laughs> a right. bargain, especially if it's in That's Times right. Square. Yeah. So instead of jumping on yeah. a shuttle. I'll just, I'll share a cab with somebody. And so also another good opportunity to meet.
1: And the other thing too, you get from a breakfast, I think you actually have more options as to who you can partner with to organize that breakfast. So for example, you could be working with a boutique analyst firm. You could be working with a media group. You could be working with uh, another technology partner that maybe you work with. If you work with a system integrator, a lot of the system integrators do breakfasts, and they will get people to attend those, so they're, they're a draw. For. So I think it opens more options. When you do dinners, it's much more competitive because those evening hours are so competitive, so competitive at NRF. It's the likelihood, and I will say this from experience having tried to do this, You're gonna if you're going to do a dinner, you're going to use it for people you have existing relationships with. You have to. So you're just trying to deepen the relationship while you coincidentally are all in person at NRF at the same time. You're not going to use it to get net new leads or new potential customers because those people are going somewhere else. At the end of the day, you just need to realize they're not going to go to your event, they're going to go somewhere else. But for a breakfast, breakfast is a good excuse to explore something new.
0: I like that. And we've already drained Rethink Retail. Just in wrapping up, that's Monday night. I'm yeah. going to put a ton of time in there. Hopefully, a lot of us will be there. So For, if you're a startup, boy, if there's 10 or 15. Lots of opportunity there. That's just a fantastic opportunity to come in and meet the people that are clearly driving this really big opportunity. Wow. That's some great advice. Any, any last thoughts on what the startup community can do to really impact? Listen, if you did 20% of what you suggested, a startup did that, that they would be probably miles ahead from what I saw last
1: year. Um, been in wrapping up any, any final thoughts? I, I think the main thing is, if you take away, if you listen to everything we talked about, it's you have to have a solid plan. Don't go into this thinking that by just being there, I'm going to get something out of it because it's and just way too And let me interject complex. something there. A plan does not mean spend a bunch of money. A plan means That's right. a plan.
0: So for the startup community, when we- <laughs> There's a strategy behind there's it. There's a yeah. strategy behind it. There's using tools that, that all of us in the influencer community use just connecting into that. So plan, but- don't you can spend money and there's and we've I've talked to a bunch of people that are really good at helping you do successful things, but a plan does not mean spend a bunch of money. It does mean time and m- mean thought. I'm sorry, Ricardo, right. I interrupted you. John. No,
1: absolutely, absolutely. And then I'll come back to where we started. And your number one and number two thoughts have to be what's your pre-NRF plan and what's the post-NRF plan. NRF think of it as an anchor point in your strategy and time, and you're wrapping things around it both before and after. And that's where the plan comes in, right? The plan is what exactly are you doing. In that pre NRF phase? And then, how are you maximizing everything that happens in the post NRF phase with the follow up? Because that's where you're going to get customers. I think maybe what I've seen some startups going into is thinking that maybe I have an opportunity to actually win a customer or close a deal while I'm at NRF. And I'm actually going to be able to tell you don't go in assuming that's your strategy. If that happens, fantastic. But if it does, it's because you were already engaged with a retailer. And you're just using this as a moment in time to connect in person because it's an available opportunity. But it's not driving mo- momentum for it. your Your goal really is how am I going to, you, know, you want to get new leads, new opportunities. But if you're not doing the pre and the post, yeah. you're already off to a bad start. Wow. That's probably about the right
0: place to put a pin in it. Oh, thank you for everything you've done for me. You drove me back onto <laughs> a clubhouse and I probably wouldn't be doing this. And certainly thank you for, for, uh, a hosting super saturday that's a tremendous gift to the industry look forward to seeing you in person and definitely i will see you out in linkedin and twitter so thanks again thanks for having me jack thanks for giving today's pod a listen and now a view For more info, check out the show notes and please give us a five-star rating. Like and subscribe, as the kids say. It really helps us grow. If you'd like to be a guest, send me a note. We're always looking for innovative thought leaders and startups really doing interesting things. And make sure to come back for next week's episode.